The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God is so good, and we should continue to remain excited for the things that God has said he's going to do. Because when God says it, then you know it's going to be done. We don't need to worry. We don't need to doubt. We just need to focus on God. Don't focus on the circumstances. Don't focus on what the world is doing. Focus on where the Lord is directing you, because so long as you're focused on Jesus, it doesn't matter the circumstances. The supernatural will follow you. In the same way, we have to remember, don't become so busy or so distracted that you cannot hear the leading of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life, in everything that you do, in everything that you say. We need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, so that everywhere that we go, it's something that the Holy Spirit led us to do. Because we know that Jesus, he was never at the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesus always went where the Holy Spirit led him and always did what the Holy Spirit led him to do. So he always spoke the perfect will of God. He always did the perfect will of God. And this is something we need to apply in our own lives because, brothers and sisters, truthfully, we don't have any time to waste. Time is of the essence we need to be implementing already. We need to be out there and establishing the kingdom of God and obeying him. We don't have any time to waste. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says that, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, this is kind of odd because, you know, if you put yourself in Martha's situation, right, oh man, we got to take care of this, this other thing's going on, I've got to clean this, I've got to do this, right? And then she sees, oh my gosh, Mary's just been sitting there listening. She's not helping me, right? It's easy to put yourself in Martha's situation and be upset, right? You might be upset and think, well, yeah, she needs to help me. But the important thing that we have to understand out of this is that in Martha's busyness and in all of her worry, right, and all these things that she was trying to prioritize, she missed the fact that Jesus, the son of the one true living God, was right there in her midst. And he was ready to move. He was ready to touch them. And how many times in your own life, because of how busy you were, 
because of these other things you were prioritizing, these other things that you thought were so important, how many times, because of that, did you miss the fact that God was right there, ready to move in your midst? Right? How many times have you missed the move of God because you had something going on that you thought was more important? Because truthfully, yes, those things that Martha had to do, oh, she had to prepare, make preparations for a feast that was coming up, right? She had all these preparations, but Jesus was giving something that was going to benefit her for the rest of eternity, right? So those preparations could wait for a little bit, right? There's things in our lives that, yes, some of them are important, but if the Lord shows up, say you've got all of these plans, but if the Lord shows up and now God moving makes your current plans inconvenient, right? He shows up and now your plans are at odds with the move of the Holy Spirit. Which one are you going to choose, right? Because Mary, Mary was just sitting there at his feet and she was just soaking in everything that Jesus was saying because she recognized, wow, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, won't, I don't want to miss it, right? I'll take care of these other things that are important afterwards, right? Or sometimes we have priorities, right? It's like, okay, I need to make sure that I can be a part of the move of God. I need to make sure that I can do what the Lord is telling me to do. So maybe I need to wake up earlier to take care of this other stuff, right? Maybe I need to set aside some other time to take care of this other stuff later, right? We have to make it to where we are scheduling around God rather than moving God around depending on what our schedule looks like. And this is the thing that we have to take out of this story, right? We have to be willing to, when God shows up, it's like, all right, it's time to move. It's time to do this. We're going to set aside our priorities to take on what God is telling us. And the people that are willing to do this are the people that are going to be a part of the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. You see, in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 18, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will set you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him, right? So they had their whole career, right? Right? Yeah, we're fishermen. This is what we do to make a living. But once Jesus showed up and he said, this is the plan, right? This is what I'm calling you to do. They laid aside all of their current circumstances and they prioritized the calling of God above it all, right? So they were there fishing with their father and Jesus said, come follow me. They left the boat and their father to come follow Jesus. Are you willing to lay aside your own priorities, even your own loved ones, to prioritize 
what God is telling you to do. And truthfully, if you do this, right, because a lot of Christians, they'll follow and obey God. Yes, I'm going to pray. Yes, I'm going to praise you, Lord, right? But then in certain areas of their life, they put as a higher priority, maybe with their spouse, maybe with their family members or their children, right? But truthfully, if you lay those things aside to truly pursue what God is telling you to do, he will take care of those things that are dear to you. He will take care of those things that are dear to you. You can trust God to take care of those things. But when that time comes, when God says, hey, come and follow me, go to the place that I'm going to show you to go, will you lay aside your current expectations, your current plans, your current priorities to follow God? And it just depends on how much you really value the calling of God and the anointing of God, his presence coming into your life. Because again, I want you to understand too how easy it is to step out of this because Martha, when she was preparing, right, she didn't have a bad motivation, right? Probably she wanted to sit there and listen to Jesus, but she was so preoccupied with the worries of the world, right? Oh, I've got to prepare this. I've got to do this. And oh, why isn't my sister helping me, right? That she completely missed that she had a once in a lifetime opportunity sitting there in her house. She had Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And she completely missed it. In her busyness, she missed the move of God sitting there right before her. And many Christians miss the very same thing because they're preoccupied with their own list of priorities. And because of that, they try to move God around to fit into their schedule rather than them rearranging their schedule to adhere to God's ways of doing things. This is a very important flipping of priorities that needs to happen with Christians. In Mark chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus was approached by a, you know, this rich young ruler. And this man asked him, he said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know, are you following the Ten Commandments? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And in verse 20, the man says, teacher, I've kept all of these since I was a boy. Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, this is important to know because this is essentially the same kind of calling Jesus gave to Simon Peter and to Andrew and to the other disciples, right? They were in the midst of their careers. Now, they weren't as wealthy as this man, but Jesus said, hey, leave everything. Leave your family, leave your boats, leave your rods, and come and follow me. The other thing I want you to note is that the scripture says in verse 21, Jesus looked at this man and loved him. So when he said, go sell everything and give it to the poor, he wasn't saying it in a malicious kind of sense, right? He wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to get you now. You're really going to hate this, right? No, Jesus looked at him and loved him, it says, right? So he was saying this out of love. 
And a lot of Christians sometimes, when God says something, hey, trust me concerning your family members, right? Or maybe a Christian is really praying, oh, I really want to marry this person. And maybe God says, no, give this up and surrender it to me. And then many Christians will look at God with suspicion. Oh, right? They'll walk away sad. How could God tell me to do this? How could God tell me to give this up? Right? So the man went away sad because he had great wealth, not knowing that Jesus was offering him something far, far more valuable. Because Jesus right here was calling this man to be one of his disciples. He received the same calling as the other 12. Leave everything and come and follow me. He got the same calling, which means that if this man had followed Jesus, maybe we would also be reading about the miracles, signs and wonders that he performed in Jesus's name. His name would have gone into the annals of history as one of the great anointed men and women of God. And that's far greater than some temporary wealth that he held in that lifetime. But not only this, after the man leaves, right, sad, because he had great wealth and he was thinking, man, why is Jesus forcing me to give up all these things that I love, right? Later on, after the man leaves, in Mark chapter 10, verse 29, and again, right, so this is Mark 10, verse 17, so this is right after this man leaves, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says in verse 29, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brother, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Right? So Jesus was saying, look, those that are willing to give up, and surrender family, desires, fields is wealth, by the way. When he says that we're willing to leave their fields, leave their property, leave their riches, that's what he's saying. Not one of them will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. That means here on earth. And then it also says, and in the age to come, they'll gain eternal life. You see, when God tells you, right? You need to surrender this. You need to give this up. This is not for you. He's not telling it to you because he wants to make you suffer. Just like with this man, he's looking at you with love and he knows that you will be better for it in the end if you would just trust him and follow him. So in the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence, those that are going to be stepping into the leadership position, they are going to be people that really desire the presence of God, that really want to dwell in his presence, and that are really willing to, it doesn't matter what they have to forsake. They're, God is going to be the first priority in their life, and they will adjust their schedule, they will adjust their priorities to make sure that it bends to God's will. Those are the kind of people that God will use mightily in the transfer of wealth.
You see, in Exodus chapter 33, it talks about how Moses, he used to take a tent and he'd pitch it outside the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And Moses would go in there, he would talk to God face to face, and the cloud and the glory of God just showed up in there. And it says that whenever Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. And whenever people saw the pillar of cloud at the entrance, they stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their own tent. I mean, imagine every time he goes in there, right? You know, because sometimes maybe we have some services and man, the presence of God shows up and people don't want to leave and it's, it, God's really there and you can feel his presence and it's thick and it's like nobody wants to leave, right? Now imagine every time somebody goes in to a designated place of meeting, every time it happens, the glory of God shows up. Every time it happens, the cloud of God's glory is there. Can you imagine having that kind of relationship with God? That's the kind of relationship that Moses had with God. There wasn't a single time he went in there when God did not appear in his glory. Now that's amazing. So it says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then after Moses got his instructions and got direction from the Lord, Moses would then return to the camp because, you know, Moses had to address the people and he had to tell them what the Lord said. But it says, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent, right? See, Joshua knew. He said, hey, Moses, you got to go talk to everyone. I'm going to stay here in the presence of God. And this is the reason why Joshua was chosen to be Moses' successor. He wasn't one of Moses' sons. It wasn't any of the other Israelites. It's because Joshua really desired the presence of God. And whenever he got the opportunity, he's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to soak it all up. I'm going to take in everything that I can. And I'm going to do whatever I can to be in the presence of God. Those are the kind of people that are going to go forth and that are going to take the promised land and inhabit it and establish the kingdom of God because that's exactly what Joshua did. Where in previous generations, they disobeyed God, there was doubt, there was backbiting, and there was murmuring. In Joshua's generation, the promises of God were fulfilled because of the faith and obedience of his people. And that is what will happen today for those that desire God and make him a priority in your life. And this is the season, here and now. And the question you have to ask yourself is that if God shows up and inconveniences your plans, are you going to dig your heels and insist on your own ways of doing things? Or are you going to decide, you know what? Whatever it is that God has for me, it's way better. But you have to make that choice. Because in the move of God, in what God wants to do in this nation, there is no room for people that are halfway dedicated to God. Because truthfully, if you are insisting on your own way now, and you are not changing your priorities and schedule to prioritize God's priorities, if you're not doing that now when you have no influence 
The truth is, you will not do it later when you have all kinds of resources and all kinds of influence. And because of that, that means you cannot be trusted with the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. Because when those things manifest, you're talking about millions and billions of lives being affected. And you would do far more damage to the kingdom of God if God elevates you to a position of leadership and then you do not treat him as holy and you sin against God in the presence of the multitudes. You would do far more damage to the kingdom of God than if God had left you where you are. Truthfully, the soul of this nation depends on the obedience of the body of Christ. We now, more than ever, have to be a light for the world. We now, more than ever, need a move of God. Because if things continue as they're going right now, this nation is in deep trouble. We need a move of God. It's not going to be a politician that's going to turn this nation around. It's not going to be a businessman or woman that's going to turn this nation around. It won't even be an organization that's going to turn this nation around. The church has to obey God and really become holy and dedicated before him because the only one that can turn this nation around and bring it back towards righteousness is God and his mighty, mighty move. And I really want to see that happen, guys. I want to see the glory of God cover the United States of America like the waters cover the sea. I really want the blessing of the Lord to inhabit this nation to where other nations will see the United States of America and they're going to say, wow, there really is a God in the United States of America and he's the one true living God. Because, you know, that's what happened in the Old Testament where rumors of what God did in Israel would spread to the other nations. And they were thinking, oh, well, we can't, we can't stand against a God who's able to do that. And in the recent years, the Lord has told us that he was going to uproot the wickedness in Washington, D.C., and that we would be shocked to see the corruption and the darkness and the wickedness. He said we would be shocked to see how far it goes. And let me tell you, I'm still being shocked, right, of just how deep and how pervasive much of the darkness and wickedness has infected this country. But the Lord also said that only by my hand can it be removed. So we can't just put our faith in a single person. We have to focus on obeying God and implementing his ways of doing things. And it starts with you individually. And as each of us individually obey God, what will happen is that all of us as a body will be obeying God. So it starts individually, and then it will spread out corporately, and then it'll spread nationally. Because God is positioning his people, and he wants to position his people as kings and priests over industries and nations. Now, what happened was that when Israel had a righteous king, they were able to remove the witchcraft, the idolatry, all of those false gods and wicked practices. They were able to completely purge them from the nation. In the same way today, there are all kinds 
of idols, and there are all kinds of wickedness and darkness. You see, God is sending us to these industries so that we can bring them back to righteousness. But it starts with obeying God now. So I encourage you, if God shows up in your house, make room for him. Change your schedule to fit around God's schedule and make his priorities your top priorities. Because whatever it is that God's offering you, I guarantee you it's far, far better than anything you're planning for yourself. You can choose to toil and do things your way, but then you will be missing the great calling of God. And let's not miss it. Amen? Well, my name is Joshua Sasso, and I am out of time for this week. But I want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.